Why, hello there. This is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help AG3 afford his Peloton subscription. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to High School 510, where sports is the plane, comedy is the pilot, and the sweet Jeeva is our jet fuel. Please sit back and enjoy the ride. Pedro, you're right. You can lose your life on that sport. So that's why I'm going to have this new sport. This is what I'm trying to get past by the IOC and made to Olympic sport is when I, I drop a black wallet down by the police and try to pick it up without them beating me or shooting me. <laughs> he just dropped it in front of Baltimore police. Hold on, he dropped it. It's black. It's black. It's black. And it's, 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 it's almost dusk. He does. He's looking around. Oh, uh, no, they beat his ass. They beat his ass. We thought he was going to make it. You want to make it really ass. bad. If you want to make it really bad, shout out to Freddie Gray RIP. You do the Freddie Gray Olympics where they they hog tie you and put you in a in the back of a van and they drive you around real crazy. And you got to see what kind of what kind of spins and flips you can do in that van without breaking your goddamn neck. Come yeah, on, man. Man. Okay, y'all the both into the two far. Jared took it way farther. I was about to say that's depressing, Jared. That was Bruh, depressing. I'm just man. saying, like, I'm just saying, like, that's what they did to him. Set us back just 120 years, not not too far. Yeah, I'll give him like whenever Dumbo was created, which is like 100 years ago. <laughs> set us back. He set us back to inappropriate racial car- cartoons. He set us back. To. <laughs> yeah, he set us. He sent us back just to the origins of Disney, man. Like they should put him in a Disney movie. <laughs> That'd be tight. Right. Have him just have him show up like at a Cinderella's house, talk, to holler at one of the sisters. <laughs> just have him be that one door that always show up. He's like, it's not a dopey or grumpy. It's just the, it's that other door that nobody wants to claim. <laughs> One of the black dwarfs. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's just one of our Negro friends. Don't mind. This, this the eighth dwarf was black. <laughs> the eighth dwarf was black. And they, they didn't want him around because like, he's always out here screaming. We got no biscuits after the fries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know if he set us back that far, but he he could have set us back. Yeah, he could have set us back to have some. We don't have a it's like you don't have a place to stay, and then you finally get a place to stay, and <laughs> he sings that, and we back outside. <laughs> 
it's like it's like these people these nice people are gonna let us stay with them this negro show up we got the magic we got the 12 piece got the legs and the thighs in it Ooh. <laughs> uh, man singing about chicken well uh y'all already start the show we should have waited uh, no, I'm not ready to start the show. We got to get a guest on, so invite uh, Juicy Mouthed Sam. Come on, <laughs> hey, he he is always available, Jerry. When we no, he's not because I ask him and he's like, I'm not sure. I'll let you know. Here's the thing with Sam. Here's the thing with Sam, Jerry. Nobody takes punishment from you and you going off on him like Sam. Like Sam, he's still smiling. He's still standing, Jerry. What you tried to do, you couldn't destroy me. I'm still standing. I'm still strong. You can text him and see if he wants to get on. He's probably like, I'm busy. Oh, no, I'm watching it's too late now. Yeah, I'm watching Everton. Right I'm watching Everton. <laughs> Come on, man. They asleep over there in England. I'm going to be watching Everton. <laughs> He's always finding something to do. Queens Park Rangers. Anyways. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's get ready to start the show. I need a letter. Who wants to give me a letter today? Okay, let's give you a look. I give you uh, O. Oh, man, I just did O like two weeks did ago. We did O? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't do O. Yeah, that's sorry. My diabetes acting up. Let's go with Y. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, ukulele. Young Saza. Young Thug. <laughs> Yusuf Latif. Yoruba. Yoruba. No YOLO? YOLO. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other Y words. Uh, <laughs> yang, yang Yang Twins. Yang Yang Twins. Yang Yang Twins. What happened to Yang Yang Twins, though? Let me out of here. They got even quieter. That's why we can't hear them no more. <laughs> they, just, they, went, they went from shit to, they went from whispering to just a straight up quiet. <laughs> They were old as shit too, man. I mean, you ask it what happened to them. They had to, they had to apply for AARP, man. That's that's what happened to them. They was old as shit back then, Jared. Let me whisper in your ear. I gotta whisper because my cats are asleep. That's why they was whispering because old people like their house quiet. They were old back then. Yeah, I bet. I you want to know where the Yay Yay twins? They probably trying to survive COVID in one of them nursing homes. <laughs> huh? <laughs> and that's not the Kamal hand. <laughs> that's not the Kamal hand. Oh, shit. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and uh, maybe the Twitter sooner than later. It's coming. It's coming. Um, you can also email the show at highscore510.fans at gmail.com and check out our Patreon page for exclusive content at patreon.com backslash highscore510. Aside from that, we are here with... Uh, this is Aaron Grayson III, also known as AG3. I'm coming at you faster than Black people running away from the uh, getting inoculated in the vaccines. I don't know why the Black people... So, you know how many Black people I talk to? That's like, Man, I ain't getting it. I ain't getting it. I don't know why you acting so scared. You know half your family is probably part of the Tuskegee experiment. Man, I got mind control over Debo. He be like, shut the fuck up. I be quiet. But when he leave, I be talking again. 
Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, the the new uh, vaccine that's coming out. Yeah, they're saying black the black population is going to be tough. You know, you heard your girl Miko Grimes coming out talking about uh, all kinds of shit. Like they're trying to uh, sterilize all our black kings and athletes. So don't take it. I agree with I agree with Miko Grimes. Anything that Miko Grimes says in in on the internet has to be true because she got her a good football playing man that she controls. <laughs> That's why she thinks she can know everything. <laughs> she she over here talking about uh they it's gonna sterilize people. Man, that shot give it to Antonio Camardi first. We'll see if it sterilizes anybody. <laughs> Now, if it work on him, then yeah, nobody should take it. If he can't have no more kids. <laughs> yeah, it's a him and future. And future, and future can't have no more kids either. <laughs> we lucky that Antonio Camardi and Future didn't grow up in a Catholic country. I mean, that's how you build a, that's how you build a military, though. <laughs> that's how you build a military. That's how you build everything. They should have had uh Antonio Camardi on Clone Wars. <laughs> exactly. That's how you create clones. <laughs> hey man, so you so let me t- get this. So you you taking the clones and you genetically produce them? No, we got Antonio Camardi back there knocking out all these clones. Camardi <laughs> and future, man. You used to, like it's nonstop. It's just pop, 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 pop. Pop go to Weezer car. Weezer say pop. Hey, oh, also your boy Larry Johnson. You remember Larry Johnson, <clears throat> right? Uh the one that Chris Charles had to calm down. The running back, Larry Johnson, the running back. Oh, that Larry State Johnson. running back. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah, he man, got he'd be on Twitter. He'd be on Twitter saying some wild shit, but he's like, he's he's like, hey, man, my, he's like, there you go, black people. Don't give in to the men. They already got one Tuskegee experiment out of us. Not not again. Know your history. And they talk yeah. about talk about the vaccine. I was like, oh, shit. Like, like, man, are we yeah. first in line? Did they say, okay, all black people line up first? <laughs> like, man, you know what? So many people go take it before we take it. <laughs> It's like, I don't know if y'all realize, but like, we don't get access first unless the, well, the NBA might get first access, but that's, that's they collective said, bargaining. Most places said they're not skipping the line. All this. So the only sport that said they're going to skip the line was hockey was, bit, got caught trying to negotiate a deal to pay for, to skip the line. Mm-hmm. Well, cause those motherfuckers be spitting and breathing hard on each other in, in that cold environment. Yo, 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 your breath just be real and you could see your breath. Yeah, they dirty. You can see the droplets. You can see the droplets, you know. That's why I'm trying to move to outer space so I don't get no droplets. Well, um, uh, we are here with... Yep, everybody's the same old friendly captain, you know, uh, coming to you like a Samsung washing machine, breaking down like a 1989 BMW. What are your plans now? What are you... Well, the same token, like I said, I want to fight Tyson. I'm still a fighter. I don't kind of deal my lawyers made to drop these charges. I dropped the charges like a man. The Tyson not reneging on me. Now my lawyers all of a sudden act like everything's all right. And it's not. It's not supposed to be like that. Tyson said he's gonna fight me. I want to fight Tyson. Now I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna walk away with just scars on my head. I get all, all of a sudden I get scars on my head and nothing ever happened. Tyson said he's gonna give me a fight. I want Mike Tyson. Point blank. Michelle Tyson, he's a homo, he's still homo. His wife a homo, I'm gonna knock him out. I don't care what nobody say, if I want to threaten me, he would, he would, he would, he would he'll, he'll fight me. Now why, why I'm gonna go to Nazi to make Michelle Tyson fight me right by now, I don't understand. Homo. <laughs> <laughs> his, 
He a homo, his wife a homo. Man, that thing was hilarious, dude. I remember when that happened, when it was happening. You, you didn't get that interview because, you know, we didn't have like the 24-hour news cycle back yeah. then. So you only got pieces. Like you saw the big news. All the news was just show Mitch Green getting arrested. That's what you really saw. And he was all busted up. Like, dude, you got to watch the, uh, there's two podcasts. The one that Mike Tyson podcast he has, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he talks about that whole situation. It's hilarious. He yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw, I saw. I was watching that. And then, and then there's another Sinbad was there. Sinbad got his side. It, it matches up with Tyson, but it's just from another point of view. It's hilarious. <laughs> Mitch Green, dude. Mitch Green. <laughs> Mitch Money Green. Hey, you know, I want to give a shout out to Larry Johnson also. Um, he was one of the first conspiracy brothers before the internet mm-hmm. he, was, he was typing that on internet blogs he made before, that before on AOL. media <laughs> yeah, he was doing that on aol so i gotta give him credit so i, I everything larry johnson says the great larry johnson from that played for the pittsburgh tigers uh yeah <laughs> I, I listen tigers. to everything lions joe for something recently larry johnson uh, yeah, he kept getting arrested. You got five arrests. <laughs> I'm supposed to listen to this fool. Well, well, I listen to him because he's fighting the power. He got <laughs> Fight, arrested for fighting five, the power. Her, fighting the women that he dating. That's, that's what they were for. <laughs> well, they wasn't believing what he was putting down. On assault charges against women. No oh, Lord. Slapping one, <laughs> waving a gun at his then girlfriend. Oh, shit. Jesus. Yeah, I was like, he kept getting arrested, right? Hey, uh, but he a real one, though. <laughs> like uh, Negroes be staying. Then he Jeez. spit a drink in a 24-year-old woman's face in another bar in Kansas City. They need to move him out of Kansas City. Wherever he's he from, go there. Try to start over. How about starting over in Africa? Oh well, he, <laughs> I, I, all that stuff. Well, I think he did try to start over in Vegas, the worst place to start over. No, that's not, he got that yeah. was one of his other arrests was in Vegas again, where he beat and strangled a former girlfriend at a at the Bellagio. Jesus. Who's setting us back more, Larry Johnson or the Popeyes singing guy? <laughs> I'm gonna go Larry Johnson. I don't know why people keep saying the Popeyes. Uh, it's it's annoying, but he ain't set us back with that. <laughs> Who set us back more, the Popeyes chicken lady or Larry Johnson? People have kids that they're trying to feed for the special, and you mean to tell me that we can't feed our kids? Because y'all didn't order enough chicken. Y'all knew y'all was having a special almost two months ago, and that's wrong. I, mean, I told you again. That's why I'm like, man, hold on. Before we start quoting Larry Johnson, <laughs> you guys don't remember this? Like, <laughs> I was like, you guys don't remember this? I remember Larry Johnson. I remember he had a lot of trouble. Yeah, he's he's on some real conspiracy brother type stuff, uh, for sure on Twitter. I've been seeing all that's this. a bad mix, conspiracy brother, uh CTE and yeah. alcohol, bad mix. Bad mix. My name is Jared, aka DJ Art. With two T's for a double dose of that tink tink the D it sounds so it's just jart. It's it says on my chest on my chest on a or on a little tank. We gotta get Jason back. We gotta we gotta get not drunk Jason back on the show. <laughs> question of the day. Question of the day today. It's kind of our news and question of the day. Michelle Martin is branding the Olympics as a mockery. She's a three-time world champion at squash and is perturbed at the fact that the Olympics have included breakdancing as a new sport 
ahead of the 2024 Paris Games, which overlooked squash for the umpteenth year, apparently. <laughs> uh, do you, oh. forgot, you forgot the real name of squash. Squash is also known as uh, old man ball at the gym. <laughs> and, it, 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 and if you're under 40, you sit there with your phone ready to call 911 and get the defib when one of those things pass out. <laughs> That's what squash is known as. I, I noticed at the RSF, shout out to the RSF sponsorship, they got all those AED machines on the wall on the on the little oh. area where you enter and tie your shoes and lace up and put your mm-hmm. back. <laughs> all by the squash courts because you need them because it's only played by old, i don't know if you notice it's always old men playing squash you'll see no young mm-hmm. people playing squash it's mm-hmm. a bunch of old ass men i'm like man between them and danny glover i'm like shit man i, I picked the wrong day to come to gym <laughs> should i tell them should i should i lie and tell them hey man i ain't, I ain't really first day certified can you get somebody else up here with me, I'm the only I'm the only dude up here with these old men playing squash and Danny Glover on the on the elliptical machine next to me, man. This ain't gonna work. He looked like he was gonna pass out before he got on the machine. He's too old for this shit. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. I'll wait to the front desk. He's too old for this shit. <laughs> I ain't watching his ass. I'm trying to work up a sweat. Uh, so they pass up squash for breakdancing. I mean, I guess the IOC is, you know, they only, what, 30, 40 years behind? <laughs> she was upset because she she wants sports and less sports where there's judges involved. You know, it's it's about like who actually competes against somebody and wins, whereas breakdancing is going to be, you know, it's going to be determined by judges, which mm-hmm. is problematic in, in a lot of Olympic sports, in my opinion, also. But but I ain't mad, but I do wonder, like, did they just see somebody like on the street doing a B-boy stance and they thought, oh, man, it's time. It's the, man, it's about time. We got to we got to bring this sport in, man. The Adidas track suits are making a comeback. So we might as well bring bring in breakdancing. Do you guys think that uh, breakdancing can be a legitimate sport for the Olympics to to take take hold on? Well, I don't know. It all depends on who's judging it. If you have um like dougie fresh uh with some of the with some of the hip-hop crews well all most of the hip-hop crews the, Your boy turbo the, from breaking yeah turbo's still alive so he's alive <laughs> so he can he he might not, most of them he dudes might, dead most of them dead <laughs> I, and i worry about their vision now you know they can bring vin Diesel. he was in that he was in that uh breakdancing tutorial video back in the day mm. <laughs> he was no no that's the only only they, they had him in there because he looked like your boy shabadoo <laughs> no, they can exactly. So they can also bring um, uh, John Claude Van Damme. Oh, he's the judge. judge. He could be the judge of the splits. You know, what I'm saying the splits yeah. and, and what no, he, he was also in those movies, those popping movies back in the day. Was Shabadoo still alive? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the requirements know. that you watch Beat Street before you could be a judge or Electric <laughs> Boogaloo. Be. You got to watch Electric Boogaloo. And like, yeah, man, I just watch Electric Boogaloo. It's like, it's your, should be a- so are like bucket caps or, you know, um, is Jerry Curl going to be part of the uh, the dance outfit too? Is that like going to be judged? Like how authentic your gear is for the break dancing? Question. My boy they- Adolfo Gutierrez Quionis is still alive. Shabadoo. Yeah, Shabadoo. All them looks, I want to say whoever, I forget Turbo's name, but he was on a lot. He was on um, a recent podcast not too long ago. And he looks like he did in the 80s. What, what, what about Chris Brown? You think Chris Brown would be a good judge for it? He might mess up the whole the whole Olympic Village for me. <laughs> <laughs> Going there next thing I know, next thing I know, become like this whole woke festival because he he gonna want to be he end up beating a woman in there. <laughs> well, 
I hope they bring in Chuck Norris just because you know Chuck Norris is that's an OG right there. He could he could judge anything apparently. Maybe they bring in my boy Michael Boogaloo Shrimp uh, Chambers. <laughs> If you're a judge of the IOC, they'll give you a packet of uh, some, uh, like a binder of like three pages of paper that have just like <laughs> those old school uh, printed out pictures of different moves and what they look like. And then <laughs> and then a couple of VHSs of old movies, you're like study these. And if you see any of this shit happen, <laughs> that's that's how you know to give it a good score. <laughs> but that's well, like, I, like, like, what are you supposed to do? I mean, do the judges sit down well, at the table or do they stand in a circle? Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's legit because Fred Rerun Barry is not here anymore to judge that. <laughs> Fred Barry, he just start pop locking. I mean, <laughs> they gonna know the difference between pop locking and break dancing. I mean, what a, I mean, like, what, where do we draw the line? How do it's not a sport anywhere? How the hell are we gonna create a sport that's not a sport anywhere? They be right. having competitions though. They have breakdancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On schoolyards back in the eighties, <laughs> when I used to go to Brentwood Elementary every morning. There will be a crowd around the mats where the jungle gym are because people were break dancing contests every morning. I'm trying to figure out if they're going like if there's gonna be like any like uh, illegal substances or performance enhancing substances like they put on their cardboard to do uh, their dance moves. Uh, I, <laughs> I use a only... big powder. <laughs> that's what the jelly curl juice for, man. I tried to do the slip and fall. New boo called the slip and fall. Man, that ain't fair. He using wax cardboard. Exactly. Okay, he using he using one of them Vizio TV boxes. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, what's gonna be allowed? Like, hey man, hey man, his dry. Like, he coming. We all wearing loose dry fit shirts. He came with the super skin title, so he was able to spin on it. It didn't get caught. It had no drag. I mean, what is it? Do you spin around for so long without coming up, or is it the one who ends the spin with their hand on their chin the best? Right. Like, what is it that you could do? This is just asinine. <laughs> Jerry, they were doing, look, in 1986, I went to Brentwood Elementary. They would do the breakdancing contest. By 87, that was over. <laughs> well, you know, I, I hope they have that old white lady that did the uh, breakdancing class that they made fun of in Bob's Burgers. Hey, I'm Dina. Look at my feet. My feet are straight ahead. You don't want to do that. You want to turn your feet out, and I'm going to do this backwards. And that's what makes it look like hip hop. What this is with hip hop is everything's down low. It all is in a plie. I went to this club, right? And um, they had no baggy pants and no sneakers. I was wild. I, could, I didn't know what to think about that. The, the more relaxed you are, that's what makes it hip hop. This is the first thing I will say to you. You want to do hip hop? You got to stand like this. In a hip hop head, we have this. Boom, bam, every time. Uh, uh, or uh, uh. Your hands are always, ah. She's like, oh, yeah. That yeah. ain't hip hop. This is hip hop. Her and her son with her son. <laughs> My shoelaces are tied. This, I mean, I just don't understand. How the hell did breakdance and make a sport, right? There's other sports that we, we just not in that, that, that you're like, okay, maybe it's questionable, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, did they put in breakdancing just to legitimize skateboarding and all those other bullshit they just put in? Because uh, breakdancing legitimizes all that other stuff that was questionable now. <laughs> it like super legitimizes. Like, all right, now we, we just take anything as Olympic sport now. I'm ready to make the Olympics and stepping over sleeping crackheads and heroin needles become a sport, <laughs> which it should be. You got to have your dog and walk it around it and know when to step over, when to jump, who to turn the other way. That, oh, that's, they start that's, talking to you. I think walking your dog in the hood should be a, a new sport in the Olympics. So my question of the day, question of the day is with this addition of breakdancing, what sport or what activity do you think should be now created as a sport for, by the IOC next 
I like right. how you said activity, because that's basically what they, <laughs> the breakdancing is, activity. But, uh, well, the most recent I'm, ones they added was like surfing, BMX, skateboarding, uh, sport climbing, golf, wushu. There's also like... Um, wushu? Wushu. Well, that's at least so a martial judge art. Too. It's at least a martial art, but you got to be judged. You don't yeah, fight you still nobody. Ju- yeah, you don't fight anybody. It's it's yeah. So it's still a judge. But I remember there was um, what is it where you uh, you have the ribbon dancing? They had that uh, as a the sport? rhythm gymnastics, rhythm gymnastics, rhythmic gymnastics, where really you just run around with a ribbon and doing car. It's the people who couldn't do the sow cows and the real flips <laughs> who was like, give me a rhythm and I got a little dance moves and I'll kick my legs up and do this. It was the people that wasn't athletic enough to do a backflip and too scary to do a backflip or 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 jump off. A palm a horse or vault so they, they just give them a ribbon I mean, it's the 10th through the 20th best uh floor routine uh gymnast in the world give them a, ri- <laughs> give them a ribbon ribbon i saw the basic <laughs> you know floor they do a lot of flips in floors so i tell you this this person like you know they really can flip but i like their rhythm if they had something like a, a ribbon or you know you might as well just put kite flying kite flying as an olympic event and and not racing not like the kite runner and no shit like that i'm talking yeah. about some generic ass kite flying yeah, and not the one with that little girl out there in Taiwan holding on to that kite as it was like six hundred feet in the air. <laughs> how, how high was that? That was like a hundred feet, hundred feet. Oh no, it was wrapped was around it? her neck and body. She was spinning in circles, hella fast. She was in the tournament. Dude, I can't believe she. And they said that. she. Yeah, I was like, that, <laughs> that might have to be the sport. Just tie a kick to a kite and see who could do the best tricks, aerial tricks. <laughs> nah, you can't. You can't do that to kids. You got to tie in the dope. Like right, it, it, it's like the luge, the luge, and uh, what's the other one called? When the skeleton, it, that's all about just being like not being scared of death, suicidal. <laughs> yes. So this we do that with kites. We tie it to a grown grown person's leg or, or limbs, and then have like a partner flies it. Yeah. Right? And it's all yeah. about like, hey man, I ain't scared to go 150 feet in the air with this thing tied around my ankle, hoping the wind don't just die out. <laughs> <laughs> Another sport, actual sport that I've seen that I would actually be kind of down to see is a uh, squirrel suit racing. Um, <laughs> Where they jump out, just... they jump out of the plane, and then they have like these these pylons Man, in the sky, and you gotta die. make your way around them, dude. I don't know. Well, you have a parachute at the end, but you know, well, you how get they there. gonna keep the pylons hanging in the sky, Jerry? Because they have they're like on um what is it inflatable balloons like uh, hot air balloons, and so there's just like these pylons. Yeah, so these buoys up in the sky. Dying. Someone really dying in that one. People die uh, doing that all the time. But squirrel shoot or base jumping, wouldn't that be like a tight sport to watch? You know, because it's almost like you get a chance to watch a daredevil every time they go and you're like, this, this could be really tight. They could like be going super fast, crazy stuff, or somebody could die. And that's what people watch daredevils and all those crazy monster car stuff and all those other things because they know there's a, there's a chance something could go really, really wrong, right? You're not watching it because you want to see everything go right, are you? No, no, I'm saying you can die in the X, or not the X Games, but the Winter Games. Mm-hmm. All those That's true, yeah. Speed. On the luge, yeah. Skeleton. Skeleton. Skeleton's worse because yeah. you're going face force. It was eight face years ago force. somebody died, right? Yeah, 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 he died. He died. Yeah, he hit the sad. railing, yeah. too. And your, your, um, what you call it, had a bad accident. Um, Schumacher, uh, the famous race car driver, Formula One race car Yeah, he car lost driver. his legs. Mm. He didn't lose his legs. He yeah. lost his brain. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They still Or how about this? What if what if they did what if they did a a, a a Karen's event where basically just different white women 
uh, they get to pick and choose their scenario and then they just get to harass people of color in different methods. And like, who can do the most convincing harassing of somebody just trying to do their job and live? <laughs> See, if that's the case, then you might as well just make it, we should just have an event called the racist event, right? It depends <laughs> on what country you in, you got to go out in public and just be as racist as you can be. We should we should do the, the, the yeah the racist I, Olympics. I don't know which. So you know, and then and then Starbucks could be like one of the main like uh, uh, arenas. It's like Starbucks arena. <laughs> you got to be real versatile on that because you know what? It's easy if you go to some country where we got all these stereotypes that been going around forever. You know, if the Olympics is held in Africa or or somewhere in Asia or Southeast Asia. But what about when it goes to Europe and not Eastern European? You got to come with some really. You got to be you got to be really wise to come with some old school yep. knocks. Yep, you gotta you gotta be studied up, and you got it's gotta be organic and authentic. But, the the response you get out of the people that you're harassing is mm-hmm. is also added to it. They, they have can like be those, judged. Yeah, they got they heart monitors judged. on their heart rate, you know, and their facial expressions is red. It can be judged. Pedro, who would be the good judge for that event? That's a good judge for that event would be uh, your boy uh, uh, Terry Crews. He can be Ter- one judge. Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Uh, the guy who owns the Jets. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, Woody Johnson. Woody here, Woody, Woody Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> you have your boy, um, the ex owner of the Clippers, <laughs> Donald Sterling, and <laughs> and, Donald the, and the ex governor of Maine. Maine Governor Paul LePage, who has endorsed New Jersey Governor Chris Christie for president, is under fire for this remark he just made about drug dealers. Now the traffickers, these are people that take drugs. These are guys of the name D Money, Smoothie, Shifty. Uh, these type of guys that come from Connecticut, New York, they come up here, they sell their heroin, then they go back home. Incidentally, half the time they impregnate a young white girl before they leave, which is a real sad thing because then we have another issue that we got to deal with down the road. <laughs> some say some say you can put uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in there. <laughs> Why don't we just put an auto racing event in there? Just have like a generic <laughs> auto racing event. I don't know. But you gotta, but but you gotta put you gotta put alcohol or cocaine underneath the car, and they gotta run it. <laughs> uh, Pe- Pedro, what's a what's an activity or a hobby that you think would be a good sport to add? The IOC well, could add. If we're going hood base, you can have an easy e hundred miles of running competition, just like the triathlon, where you <laughs> just set up different obstacles. Like uh, you'll have a pit that have a couple of pet bulls in it. Jump, you had to run over the fence, jump, <laughs> outrun the pet bulls, and jump over the second gate. Um, <laughs> then uh, there's a part where you got to knock over all the trash cans. <laughs> so they, they have a trash can saw. You <laughs> knock over all the trash cans on the way through the alley. Then you hop the next gate. You gotta run through a. You can you can set up like a uh, like a dummy house. You know how they have the houses where you got a little pop up. The yeah. You gotta avoid grandma. So you go through there. Then at the end of the house, on the way out the front door, you have to unplug the TV, pick it up, carry it, and run the last fifty miles. And whoever wins that competition, you run them side by side. Fifty miles, good lord! I mean, last last fifty meters. You got to run under a freeway overpass too, with the with a bunch of uh, homeless people trying to grab at the TV. Yeah, that's what you do. You set up a bunch of homeless people out on the street. Uh, you set up one guy in a in a, uh, in a sleeping bag. You, you set the next guy up in a tent. And these are all dummies. These are not real people because this is mm-hmm. not real life. You know this is not real life, right? 
So it has nothing to do with reality. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I just thought about this. I'm not trying to prolong this segment, but I thought about this. You can have what I like to call the Ricky contest, right? And so there's a car pulls up and they got they got like paintball guns, right? The shape mm-hmm. and it comes out like a shotgun. <laughs> and we'll see whoever could run the best away from it. Who gets like, the furthest smart, before getting hit? Who, who gets <laughs> the farthest <laughs> or who who knows just to cut right or left? I mean, the dude was a running back going to USC on full ride. You think he would know how to juke, right? I, I want to know. I want to know. Did he have a, a long barrel on that short shotgun? He had. <laughs> he had more. He had to have more attachments to Call of Duty to make yeah. it. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out. That range, that range is crazy. I'm Pedro trying to figure out what perk he had on. What perk exactly. he had? Yeah, he had marksman perk on. Jared trying to figure that out. Put it on Call of Duty. Like, what did he have on when he killed Ricky? Because I mean, shit. So I can snipe dudes from 80 meters away. And blew his guts out. The whole chest exploded. You can also have uh, Jared black people movie watching, right? <laughs> In sports, James Harden has still not returned to the Houston Rockets and has not reported for training camp. He has been out partying, having a good time, living his best life. You know, this week, Shannon Sharp, uh, who had interviewed Gilbert Arenas, they were talking about Houston wanting uh, a star in return uh, if they want to meet his trade demands and that they shouldn't back down from that. Steven Jackson came out, had some choice words for him about not stepping up and playing for a young black coach um, who's finally been given his opportunity. And then uh, Gilbert Arenas said, you know, a, a big part of the reason why the Houston has come fallen short is because um, he plays a style of ball that won't allow anybody else to thrive or uh, excel, especially in, in big time moments. So my question around the whole thing is, is James Harden setting himself up for a title or bust when it comes to his basketball and NBA legacy? I think hmm. he's setting himself up for enough money to hand hand out to strippers. Uh, high dollar strippers. I don't think he cares about anything else. And he's also improved his game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's matching his game up so he can get these high dollar contracts so he can um, uh, idolize rappers as false prophets <laughs> and false gods. He's also uh, he's really reckless when it comes to and I'm, I'm talking to, oh wait a minute, we talking about basketball or his life game? Come on. <laughs> We talk about the sports aspect, like in his, yeah, oh, his legacy. Okay, as a so he dribbled, he dribbled the ball, and he shoot the ball, pass the ball, and he make a three throw. So he he know how to play. Yo, don't don't I don't know what they talking about when they talking about that. He throwed the ball in the hole for three, and I like watching him play because this is really exciting. Now, <laughs> does he want to win? Uh, sometimes, sometimes when his defense, when he plays defense, he wins. Mm-hmm. He does other things. He wins, but um, basically, as you as you see, every time there's a game a game being played uh, that's important, he doesn't take it that serious. He's like, well, shoot, I rather should I score seventeen points or thirty five points? If I score the seventeen points, we can get off earlier. I can get over to Keisha. She dancing tonight. And this <laughs> strawberry night, <laughs> strawberry and wings. <laughs> 
think James Harden uh, the type to eat at a strip club? I don't see him the type to eat at a strip club. Man, they got pictures of that nigga eating at the strip club. <laughs> I think I think he has to. Like he he's not lean enough and skinny enough to not be eating at strip club with the amount of time people talk about him being there. So. No, he stays in shape. No, I, I, I his worth that after no. um, being being silly, uh, but his worth that is really good. It's it's the point that where you you say you know like the love of the game. Is he love the game enough to be serious about it? He never see like a dynamite moment out of James Harden. Mm-hmm. Just just like well, everybody's saying, there's no I, there's no big moments out of him. Well, I think it's this. The question is, is what's his priority in the game, right? I told people this when he left Oklahoma. People were, I remember talking to people like my brother-in-law and this and that, and they were like, Oh, is he gonna why would he leave? And I said, He wants to be the man. I was like, he was the man at A State, but he was third fiddle. He was third fiddle in Oklahoma. He wanted to go somewhere. I was like, he, because think about it, he left for just a little bit more money that Oklahoma was offering him. And I was like, because it was all about being the man. He wanted somewhere where he could go and be the man. And and I'm just talking about his on the court. We get to his off the court later and what he likes and desire. I'm with Pedro. He works hard at his game. Yeah. But his game is all about being the man and the statistics and the scoring, right? Yeah. It's not about the winning. It's And it's, 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 it's like a worse version of T Mac, right? A more selfish version of T Mac. Mm-hmm. T Mac, T Mac, I think wanted to win and liked to win, but the problem is his game was just predicated on scoring and not much else. Yeah. James Harden's game is predicated on all offense at the ball. And because of that, they had to switch everybody who was on the team. Think about what the team looked like when he first got there. Think about what they brought in to, for him, the people he wanted and they mm-hmm. got rid of and the offense shape. Daryl Morey and him got along very well. This is why I say not every ring is created equal, right? He could go <clears throat> ring chase now. And that's what he's trying to do now is, you know, figure out a way of a ring chase. Let's say somehow he manages to muck up Houston enough that they say, I'm going to trade you to Milwaukee. Or I'm going to trade you to, to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, to Brooklyn. Is, is number one. Now let's say he go to Brooklyn and look, that makes them one of the better teams. Let's say somehow chemistry works out. I don't know. Maybe they hire motherfuckers from the point or something in the 80s to make the chemistry work out on that team. Uh, Somehow it works out and he gets a ring. Why is that equal to someone who went somewhere with a weaker team and built it up? Like Giannis, if Giannis was to win in Milwaukee. I mean, it's equal. Yeah, they both won a title, but Mm -hmm. we shouldn't view it the same, right? Or like Dirk Dirk in um, Dallas. Yeah, Dirk Dirk stayed there the whole time. He when he won it, he was the only Hall of Famer on that team. It was a good veteran team around him. They caught a nice wind fire, knocked off the Lakers in the second round, knocked off Oklahoma in the round before that with mm-hmm. James Harden. You know, managed to beat a team that they were severe underdogs to. And like, yeah, it's like, how can I rate this equal to that? Yeah, you know. And this the problem is, I think fans have taken rings too far. Because we're the ones sitting here like, well, he never got no ring. Charles Barkley never got no ring. Man, Charles Barkley was one of the greatest players I ever seen. He was a 6'5 power forward who dominated games and dominated him passing, dominated him rebounding and scoring from the inside. He hit a big shot, but we all get lost in this whole, oh, he never got no rings to the point where Shaq and Kenny always bring it up. Man, Charles was dominating, man. And we look at his career. Charles Barkley should be one of those people that we talk about that's on the edge of the top 10. But we don't because we're like, well, he never got no ring. And fuck that ring, man. He dominated. So did uh, Carl Malone. Those two dominated. Now, Reggie Miller didn't dominate, but I give him a lot of credit for what he did. He put in good work. Well, I guess it my was question. For, times. for those times, he dominated. It, the game was different, too. He was clutch. I guess, yeah, I mm-hmm. guess it's just 
because with his behavior, with him not showing up for camp, and and we can get it also get into like Stephen Jackson's comments about him, you know, what I'm saying not showing up for you know a young black coach, somebody who's going to come in here that is going to try, you know, you know, create a team environment that's been around championship pedigree, you know, what I'm saying that can get you like over the top, and and even Gilbert Arenas was mentioning that, um, you know. Uh, Kobe said, like, you know, James Harden, you can't play that way. Or like he's th- this mm-hmm. one-on-one, this me, me as the focal point and everything just revolves around me and will run off me. Um, it's not going to work if you don't learn how to play with your teammates and, and play a, a less selfish game. And Gilbert Arenas was like, you know, James Harden, you have last two minutes skill set. <clears throat> that's elite. You should be taken over yes. in the last two minutes. You can't do that for all 48 minutes, expect to like not get tired. You can't play that way. And then, and then have your teammates, you know, not in some kind of game flow or rhythm. And I think that's why Houston had such a good chance when they played, uh, when they, you know, if it was for Chris Paul pulling his hamstring, they probably beat the Warriors in that, in that series in uh, 20, was it 2017? But, but yeah, you know, the question is, is like with, with his, with his behavior and with the way his game has evolved into being such just a, you know what I'm saying? Center point and everything, the entire gravity of the team just revolves around whatever he wants to do and him making, helping make decisions on who to bring in and who to let go. You know what I'm saying? Is he setting himself up to where, you know, his, his entire basketball legacy will just be kind of, um, kind of a wash and kind of a laughing stock, maybe not a laughing stock, but kind of laughable if he doesn't actually get a title, especially since he's demanding a trade to title contenders now. He would have to, like, say, for instance, if if he went to the Jersey Nets, he would have to be this spot-up guy. Mm-hmm. He would have to do different things. But here, here's the problem with that. He's not going to play on the other side of the ball. You wait, know wait, what I mean? You think he'll Those be the spot-up guy? I think if you got him, I'll have the ball in his hand over Kyrie. Yeah, KD can be your, I think, your spot-up. KD can be the spot-up. I want, I want the ball in James Harden hand. James Harden has already proven that he's the most dangerous person with the ball in his hands. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. But do you think that they're going? those two are going to get along? No, they you, wouldn't. You that's see, what I said. It'll be a horrible you got, you already got one Negro. You already got one Negro at the strip club, and you got another <laughs> Negro putting a feather in his head. <laughs> one, I don't think that trade's going to work, one. because K- no, KD like, would need to be like the therapist for both those fools, and KD already need to go see his own therapist. He's like, bro. <laughs> yeah. He's lighting the ass himself. So how the hell he going to deal with those type of personalities? Yeah. That's a horrible chemistry experiment. I, I, I can see him. Look, I'll tell you this. Where he should want to go is Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But he has yeah. to still learn to stop being so selfish, not because Giannis needs that much shots. The problem with Milwaukee is Giannis has the ball in his hand the whole game like he's a point guard. Don't make sense. Yes, he could dribble. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it's nice when you got some freakish 6'10 athlete that has some decent handles and can bring the ball down the court without getting ripped, like bam. But it's not how you run a team, right? They're not pure point guards. They weren't born point guards. They didn't play point guard. And when they're, the, when they're your best scorers, you're just going to create this like wall to keep them from scoring and mm-hmm. tire them out. So Hill Giannis would benefit a lot from having someone like him. That should be a place he will really want to go. Yeah, but I guess yeah, it's not, it's, but it's not enough strip clubs in Milwaukee. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's another thing is like so you, you know people give LeBron a lot of guff for like passing the ball too often and not taking the big shots sometimes, but he keeps his teammates in game flow. He tries to make sure he keeps his teammates in game flow, and sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. Right? Versus you know a Giannis and a uh, James Harden 
who are dominating and when and, and one thing Gilbert Arenas has said uh, this past week with Shannon Sharp and one thing that I think we've talked about that game flow is important and regular season fools let stuff slide people aren't hunkering down you're not playing the same team back to back to back to back you know what I'm saying yeah you're not playing the same team four games in a row at a minimum right and so these teams aren't learning your tendencies they're not making adjustments and the and the court isn't getting shorter as what Gilbert Arenas said so like how do you expect to win when you play in a game where it's like you play that one-on-one style, the court gets shorter, the, 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 the possessions get more and more, you know what I'm saying, intense. Like, can you really lift and carry a team that way? And I think that's why, you know, LeBron has, has had that, you know, sustained, you know, other than him, you know, demanding and getting players that kind of fit his style of play, um, he still keeps those players involved and, and they play a team ball where at least, at least you don't know necessarily every possession to possession, who's going to do it. You know who the main threat is, but you know, he's willing to pass it to good players in their spots where they can be the best version of themselves in this system versus you got guys who are running Mike D'Antoni system, which is basically just dribble, 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 and just throw it to a three and D dude uh, who can hit, hit a wide open uh, jump shot every once in a while. And you saw what happened when they go cold, like in that playoff game against the Warriors where they missed 27 threes in a row. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like those 3 and D guys can also go cold, cold, right? Those 3 and D, yeah, because they usually 3 and D means yeah. mediocre. Or Giannis. Giannis has guys that – he has Chris Middleton, who's a decent player, but he's a 3 and D guy, like who's who's probably better than 3 and D guy. But he He's don't a higher play. end, yeah. He's not really a D guy. He's maybe a 3 guy, that offensive skill set. I'm going to tell you what Chris Middleton is. is a damn turnover in the fourth quarter waiting to happen. <laughs> Is the title even that really important? Is you know, with with player empowerment movement in full swing, um, with money being so big, branding, uh, sponsorships, and and getting you know, saying all this big media and the, the amount of money that's being paid to these guys now, um, is the title the most important thing for these athletes coming up nowadays? Do they really even care about being a champion as much as you know players back 15, 20, 30 years ago? And is that is is yeah, is the legacy of you in your craft at matter in the I same? Think- I think the hunger of the game is still the same uh, across. It was only a few players that wanted to really win really bad back in the 80s or whatever the heyday was when the NBA was starting to roll. That stayed the same. Um, If you you listen to interviews of people talking about, man, I was just trying to make a paycheck. And even that cool ass ass cocaine voice they got on. Oh, yeah, Craig Hodges. Craig Hodges exactly. came out and said Jordan broke broke a uh, broke one of the locker room rules talking about the cocaine parties in the last yeah. dance. <laughs> well, not, not I mean, you still talking Craig Hodges. In the I, no, no, but I'm people like Reggie, him. people like Reggie Theus who wanted to score yeah. points, look good, and get women. Right, exactly. Reggie Theus was that pretty boy who wanted to play in the NBA, liked the fact he was on TV, liked the fact he scored a lot of points, and go out and go date. It, so you still had to mix that that type of yeah. player back in the day. That too. changed. But I think the difference is also, I think, yeah, I think um, you're not getting as many, though, Pedro. I do. I, I am kind of a Jerry. You don't get as many players who, who from the get-go want to win, right? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think KD and them wanted to win when they were young and in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, the Warriors definitely were playing to get better. I think CP, but you're losing that. Now, when you look at, like, Sacramento, I'm like, their players just want to get in and establish themselves as a 20 point score, right? A 20 point score or, or the man. And that's it, right? It's not about, it's not about changing my game to fit the team I have or anything like this It's about like establishing who I am as a player now. Mm-hmm. 
Getting to the next Supermax, how close do you get to making a Supermax uh, designation? Can you get close to that? Um, Because, can I tell you this? Someone like Jamal Murray, for example, this year is going to tell me something. If he comes out and play like he did in the playoff, I I hate to say it, and people are always like, man, Michael Porter shouldn't have went to the media and said that. He probably shouldn't, but he was absolutely right in what he said. Like, dude, establish me as a – I can shoot too. I can score. Establish me. And the team gets better. And he's right. If he's established more, the team gets better instead of him just having to get hot in some spots where Jamal Murray go to the bench or something. Establish him as a threat when you're on the court and the team is deadly. Like those Lakers teams of the 80s were so deadly because anybody could score. In fact, you know, that team with Magic that went, that kept winning, that went to like nine finals in the 80s. Do you know, the craziest thing is, I think they've only had like maybe two of those years where someone averaged over like 21 points. Or even yeah, 20. There was a lot James, of years of 19 or 18 points. James Worthy, he made sure, Magic made sure James Worthy got hot because mm-hmm. he knew if James Worthy and Byron Scott got hot, he, he, he just opened up the foot. LeBron but, James understands that too. Yeah, yeah. LeBron James understands it. But see, back then we had more floor generals. I think this goes back to goes back to AAU, right? The point guards are usually your best scorer at AAU. Every time you go to AAU game, Hell, my niece's not even a point guard, and I go to her game, and she's handling the rock the whole time, right? She over there playing power forward and center in high school, but she, at AU, she handling the rock and bringing it down court because your best scorer has the rock the whole time. Whereas before, it was a systematic to it. Your point guards mm-hmm. were these people who were natural leaders, who understood the game, how it flowed. They had to be the smartest person on the court, right? Like, they had to understand, and their smarts had to be like, look, I mean, I've heard Isaiah Thomas talk about it. I heard Mark Jackson talk about it. Like, look, our, my, our power fort, our small fort, wasn't really that much of a score. Probably a nine-point-a-game score, 10 points. But I knew he had to touch the ball early so he could be in the game. If he touches the ball early, his defense would be better. He'll be feel like he's part of the game, not just standing around. He was like, I know this guy, like – I forgot it was Chris Paul that said it because he was talking about J.J. Reddick. He also said it. He was like, look, I know J.J. can hit a shot without touching the ball, right? If J.J. don't touch the ball the whole first quarter and I pass it to him eight minutes into the game, he's going to hit a shot. If I don't get, if I do that with this other person, he won't make it. He got to be able to touch the ball and get in the flow. I feel like that's what's missing for the game is you're missing those point guards now. This goes back to AU. You go to AU, whoever the best scorer is, got the ball in their hand, bringing it down the court. Mm-hmm. You know, you think back like 60 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, you think about the culture of America and like, you know, wherever our racial, you know, cultural divides were and how they were still magnified, you know, I'm saying I think that there was there's a lot more to be proven, you know, and people were proving themselves in ways and, 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 and it was about, you know, the winners write history, you know, there was a real mentality about that and like, if you win, it's your story, you know, what I'm saying and I think that that's something that has, you know, I'm saying succeeded for for better and for for worse in different ways but more for better i think as a society but i think that there's expanded ways of winning you know what i'm saying it depends on what what are you looking at that makes you a winner in your lifetime you have more options of ways to win for yourself if you if you were a great athlete back in the day you still gonna get the women you still gonna yeah. you know get your shine you, you, your legacy was gonna be was gonna be built into that city you know what i'm saying baked into the city's identity for that period of time so i think that there was ways um that you could win that were limited more so back in the day and the title was like the cementing thing that would you know cement you in into that city forever versus nowadays like you know like it's, it's so much access to these athletes uh free agency has become such a big deal and and such a common thing that like people don't have the identity um 
politics or identity fanhood the same way they do about players. You know what I'm saying? I think there is something to be said about just the, the mentality of the new new age athlete isn't about necessarily winning titles as much as it is maximizing their opportunity uh, in this window to make their money or to, you know, saying get their their endorsements or get their get the perks and, and, and all the other avenues that come with being this famous star or this athlete versus the, the kind of one track mind of being an athlete, which is like I'm out here to beat my opponent and be a champion or be be the best at my craft, you know, what I'm saying in this in this limited capacity. So. Maybe James Harden is 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 on that tip, and he's like, "Hey, man, like he he wants to. I think he wants to win. I'm not saying he doesn't want to win, but I don't think that the winning has be has been the priority. Um, because I think that if winning was a priority, and may, maybe he's like Kobe, it took him a few years to figure it out. Um, but uh, if winning is the priority, you know, what I'm saying he would have he would have made things work with uh, Dwight Howard or Clint Capella and 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 Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? Versus being like, I don't want him here anymore. And basically, you know, because he he allowed these negative, you know, that negative relationship with Chris Paul to basically sour the chance for him and Chris Paul, which was his, I think, his best shot at winning a title with Capella. That squad had the best chemistry. You had a real floor general. He kept everyone kind of involved for you. He could take over the game and keep everyone involved when Harden needed a breather. Mm -hmm. Harden could still do his thing and take over the game when he needed to. Um, but but because he didn't get along with Chris Paul, like he he wanted him out of there, and they got rid of him. You know what I'm saying? So no, he wanted, yeah, he needed the ball in his hammer. Uh, see, even though Kobe was a hot dog, he still was he still wanted to win, right? And yeah. and like he was the ultimate selfish player when he was young. He, he tried still, to win his way at first, and he, he tried to win his way. To learn. Yeah. and it was still beating the head. Even after the Lakers were winning, they were still beating the head. That's the reason why Shaq had to leave. Uh, I forgot which center got signed because he was great at breaking up fights between the two but he still prioritized winning. He still wanted to win. I think the difference is, like I said, Harden cares more about his off the, where, where, where his game has him looking outside of the court, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kobe wanted to be Jordan, right? Harden wants to be Harden on this like master, this master move set and this guy who everyone adores and he has the handles and he wins MVP and has scoring titles, but don't necessarily win. Yeah. I think his window is closer for him to learn and figure out like what he wants to be as a, as an NBA player. And and if he wants to learn to win a title, he's, he's, I think the easiest way nowadays, people just like, send me, send me to a team with some of my friends that I know are really good. And we'll just yeah. see if, if we can make it's a super easy team way out. Exactly. It's the easy way out than sitting there and saying, Hey, let's really try to build a team around. Me. Like I have no problem when a player is like, Hey, you know what? They're not really committed to building this, how I need it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also have a player problem if a player don't check like Giannis, man. Giannis, you you're in a good situation, man. They they building the team. They're not like a bad franchise that your skills feel like you're just a road in there, right? Yeah. Like there's people on teams that you feel sorry for. Like damn, man, I just really feel sorry. He's super talented. Like Mike Trout, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Trout's just but he want but he wants to be loyal, and so Mike Trout's there in a bad situation. Like Giannis, I don't see a situation like that. I see, you know, you got to change your game some. They might have to make a coaching change because he's still stuck on this. You play so many minutes when it's playoff time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, huh. maybe we'll see. Maybe James Harden will get a title soon, and then and then and then his legacy can be cemented as a champion. I mean, but see, is it really a legacy at that point? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't build it like I was. Even if you go somewhere as a free agent and build it, right? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't build it. I just went in coat string. It's like Kevin Durant's. Like, like if Carl Malone had won and Gary Payton had won a yes, title on the Lakers the, 14. Look, don't forget, Gary Payton got one a little better where he didn't. He had to earn it in Miami, right? Oh, yeah. 
Now that one, I felt like, yeah, if he would have won it with the Lakers, it was just coattailing. Well, let's get to Cutty Corner shout outs. Cutty Corner shout outs. It's time. It's, it's time. Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I do. My uh, Cutty Corner shout out this week goes out to the Pfizer factory that's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. The other factory is in Germany, so they've been shipping a lot of drugs out there. They're using some private company. But the one out of uh, Michigan is actually shipping out trucks full of the vaccine to 145 sites in America. And they're using FedEx and UPS to ship it out. FedEx and UPS. You know what? FedEx I could kind of live with, right? But I mean, these are some trying times. This is some serious stuff now. This vaccine got to get out there to save lives. And you using UPS? UPS, for Christ's sakes. I mean, look, I knew someone that worked for UPS. You know, I, some of the stories I would hear, drivers picking up other people, messing around. One time, they, they destroyed a trash bin and crashed a UPS truck into a side of a Walgreens. Just joyriding with all the packages in the back during Christmas time. Why would you use UPS on all people? The the you you got enough sense that you used a private company to ship the ones that's coming over here from Germany. Why are you using UPS? You know what? Make sure that when you send it over here to where I live in my zip code area, please just put my shit on the back of the ice cream truck. I think it'll come sooner. I don't have to worry about the driver stopping by his baby mama house. I ain't got to worry about some fool over here kicking packages. We're going to see the vaccine get thrown over a Kaiser wall if you're using UPS. Do not use UPS to ship shit that is important. When I go ahead and pay for a package, when they say FedEx or UPS, it determines where I can get the package sent to, right? If it's FedEx, guess what? I can get sent to some places that I can leave some instructions they figured out. Just this past week, UPS dropped my shit off at an apartment building and didn't get a signature. And they said, left it in a mailroom. <laughs> I went to that apartment building. It was a high-end apartment building. You know what the mailroom was? The mailboxes with a couple of box with a couple of bins next to it inside the building. I said, why the fuck would you drop it off there? It says on the address, elementary school. See Aaron Grayson. You dropped it off at a at an apartment building. When does an apartment building look like elementary school? The vaccine might end up at solar car wash before you know it. <laughs> I hope my shit come on the ice cream truck. Pedro, do you have a Cutty Corner shout-out? I sure do. Um, my Cutty Corner shout-out goes to people my age and up following celebrities or idolizing woke rappers. Um, so I got hit this week with a family member telling me how influential uh, Meek Mill is to the community. And he went on and on, on and on. I have other good friends who tell me about, hey man, this guy's for the streets. Hey man, this guy's for the people. We gotta follow, we gotta do, you know, let's try to follow that model and everything. Well, first of all, um, if you're 40 something years old and you don't know right from wrong by now, um, 
you need you need guidance from a popular rapper or a popular movie star or um, or let's just say Instagram activist or Facebook activist or woke comedian. If you don't understand life by 40, you're never going to understand life. There's no reason to be following any celebrities of how they change their life around by not doing right or just doing right now, learning from wrong. You should have learned that growing up. That just tells me you ain't had no home training. And some of the people out here have. That just tells me you just won't be ignorant. And ain't no more ignorant music or any, any more ignorant celebrities to, fo to follow to do cocaine and out having sex with random women that's acceptable nowadays. So you you just trying to follow, follow anybody that you can. That's my cutty corner shout. Just a grown man um, seeking guidance from the internet and from celebrity. That shit's getting old. I'm tired of that. Grow up. Living in America. My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to, uh, I suppose it goes out to, uh, I almost want to make it out to Olivia Jade, the, the daughter yeah. of Lori Laughlin, yeah. who got into school because they were faking and fudging the transcripts. And she says she deserves oh, a second chance. Yeah. She went on red. I guess my. They didn't fudge the transcript. They just lied about a sport they didn't play and yeah. never played. Yeah. So see, that's what they should have. They should have went in. They should have went in saying they got a scholarship playing casino dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> For real, it's like, hey man, we don't even know about that. And she could have lied about playing it, being an esports gamer. She could have just had a Twitch stream and been really bad about playing video. I don't know. Um, she should have. They should have just paid. Should've... They should have just bought a building like all the rest of the rich people did at USC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't. Under I don't understand why she didn't go on into that breakdancing scholarship. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> She could have got a seat. Shit, yeah, for real. Uh, I remember I drove by USC when I was driving through LA, and I, I, I knew I was like, I was like, I feel like I'm near USC because I feel like I'm in South Central because the Prius to uh, uh, Buick ratio has 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 has, has flopped on me. Prius to Buick ratio. Yeah, it was. It, I was like, man, I'm seeing a whole bunch of Merlot Buicks and Oldsmobiles driving around. And I ain't seen these. <laughs> until I got into this neighborhood and then I saw the big USC sign and it was all closed off. I was like, okay. Ain't never um, cutlessness. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. It was crazy. Uh, but I guess my cutty coder shout out goes out to uh to um yeah to to Olivia Jade who went on Red Table Talk. It kind of goes out to Red Table Talk. Um where you got, like you said, Pedro, you got these celebrities who are talking about the world. And, and I know celebrities and athletes, they are people, they have experience. And I feel like we need to allow them to have that humanized experience. However, I also feel like sometimes mm -hmm. these humanized experiences that these celebrities are having are giving credence to part of the frivolity and the issues that, that are underlying the issues with some of our, you know, just culture and the moral compass of our society is that we are looking to these people for reconciliation of our own day-to-day -day and life challenges, things that we are, the things that are put in front of us where we have to make tough decisions in life, uh, things that happen to us that are difficult uh, events that we have to persevere through. You know, these celebrities can be inspiring, but sometimes these celebrities start drinking a little too much of their own Kool-Aid. And in this case, like Olivia Jade, she's an influencer. So she's not even like, 
she's a kid, she's a teenager, and she's an influencer. She's making more money than probably all of us just being an influencer. Not to mention her parents already came from money. One was an Italian a designer, uh, and, and her mama was a famous icon in, in, in entertainment culture, right? You live in the life already. You got privilege amongst privilege. She said she didn't realize what was wrong about her parents lying about her her plan of sport. She didn't realize what they were doing was wrong. And then she had an awakening that it was, this was privilege. And all I saw on the clip was Jada Pinkett Smith and, 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 and Jaden sitting there. Yup. 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 That's real. I'm like, wait a minute. It was like, and then she's like, I don't think, I think it's time for us to move on from this and that she deserves a second chance. I'm like, bitch, you already got a first, second, third, fourth, fifth chance by the fact of the matter of this privilege that you just realized. So do you really deserve a second chance? Yes, everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone deserves some kind of redemption, right? Everyone, I think, deserves an opportunity to redeem themselves. But at the same time, don't ask for a second chance or don't talk about a second chance being deserved or necessary for you when you were giving first, second, third, fourth, and fifth dibs on something. You know what I'm saying? Like you were given multiple chances that other people would never afforded even a chance at or even a second chance at or, or a redeeming opportunity to prove themselves at. Yet you deserve a second chance after you were given these multiple, multiple opportunities by your parents and this scam that they were running with, you know what I'm saying? And all the other kids that aren't famous that were being benefited by this scam. They're, they're trying to massage and soften the idea of somebody coming off privilege, the Pinkett Smith kids coming from privilege and the things that they gotta go through. Yes, you're going through things, but stop trying to sensitize the world to a celebrity and a famous wealthy person's sensitivities because your sensitivities are ignorant of many things that other people on a day-to-day have to go through. All right. Yes, there's concepts of second chances, concepts of heartbreak, concepts of, of, of living life that everyone has to share. But for some reason, you guys want to continue with this reality TV expanse to make sensibilities normal for rich people for the rest of the world. No, rich people do not have normal sensibilities because when you guys go out, when you have somebody run errands for you, when you have somebody take care of all this, that, and the other for you, that is privilege. Those are things that nobody else has at their disposal on a a regular person. So please stop trying to manufacture all these rich, wealthy, privileged sensibilities and, and, and make them some like homely, you know what I'm saying, salt of the earth, regular person type thing. No, 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 you aren't living a regular life. The fact that you can have a TV show, Red Table Talk, the fact that you can have your parents get you into something and you not even realize that they were scamming you into something and written, like, oh, I didn't know why that was wrong. Oh, so you didn't realize scamming people was wrong? You didn't realize that getting uh, preferential treatment because you're famous uh, was wrong? Like, yeah, like you expect it because it's privilege. You expect it because you're given multiple chances more than the second chance that you even have to ask for later on. So cut the bullshit, uh, rich people's sensibilities as the way we need to model our life or feel and, and feel some type of way about the challenges in our life. No, because those motherfuckers have people that take care of shit for them. They have advocacy, they have uh, efficacy, they got money, and I'm tired of this goddamn manipulated ass media where all we try and do is make people feel sensitive to the rich people's plight in the world. And that's why we got issues where people you know what I'm saying, can't make good decisions in the world or why you got all kinds of other crazy uh, buffoonery going on and why you got a president like Trump getting voted in because we all so sensitive to the bullshit that's going on about what rich people problems are. Fuck rich people problems. I'm tired of hearing rich people problems and everyone trying to make me feel some type of way about rich people problems. Nigga, please. <laughs> yeah, and that nigga owe me $5.
Yeah, just know, Jared, if you get rich, you can always go on the uh, show with Jada Pinkett Smith and have her in the nah, and then shake their head at you. Yeah, no, no, right. what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure you get on there and you can confront her about her sex addiction. That's what I'll do. If I get, well, I'm going to confront you. Hey, we get famous uh, enough. We're going on there. We have Aaron do an intervention with Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start off like this. So how how does one get involved in these entanglements? How do one get, <laughs> like right now, I'm, I'm like a straight, I'm like, a straight piece of string. I'm trying to get involved with some entanglements. <laughs> I'm on like a. I'm like yeah. I'm like unwound yarn that was just thrown in a box full of Christmas lights. <laughs> right now, I'm like, like like this. What I'm telling. Like I'm like you know when back in the day when moms went out and bought that hundred foot extension co- uh, telephone cord at the house and you know my sister's running from one room to the next and I'm trying to see where they get entangled with while we're here. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> that is our show, my friends. Uh, any final words y'all like to say before we uh, before we head on out? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how do you uh, knock a, a window out of track um, in a diesel truck? That's, I, I just want the window to shut. <laughs> God. Somebody, somebody, you messed up your yeah, truck. Well, here, it's just the problem. So we slip sleep trucks. And I'm pretty sure somebody slammed this door, trying to get it, trying to get it shut and everything. And they knocked uh, the guy that goes along the window. Uh, they knocked the window out of the guy. <clears throat> I can actually see what's going on in there, but oh, the lights of uh, not having your own shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah! Uh, shout out! Shout out to uh, Sharon uh, Big Rigs, Pedro sponsorship. Aaron, you got anything you want to say? Everybody, you know, uh, stay, stay clear, stay clean, stay healthy. Uh, do what you got to do. I understand this is we're getting close to the, you know, Hanukkah's already started. Um, we got Christmas coming up. It's the holiday season. We got uh, Kwanzaa for Pedro. Uh, still, even though I still, every year he gives me the same Kwanzaa gift. is a book on how to understand Kwanzaa. Um, and so with these all coming up right now, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, everybody, I know. Hey, Jared, I got to commend you, your mom, and your family on how you guys handle it. This is how we're going to see each other. We're going to fly out. We're going to take tests. We're going to isolate. We're going to really quarantine, right? And people understand you're quarantining for other people, not just yourself, not just your family and everyone else. So I wanted to say, hey, you know, it's going to be hard. Look, I was by myself for Thanksgiving. I'm going to be by myself Christmas. Now, it might be some joy. Now, I get to watch a lot of basketball. There's two, I think, believe two pro football games, or at least one that day. So I'm gonna be excited, and uh, everybody stay safe, man. Do what you do, with, do what you can do to entertain yourself. Well, yeah, take care of yourselves. Just stay healthy out there, y'all, and make sure if y'all need any guidance on what to do, uh, make sure you check out Miko Grimes and Larry Johnson on Twitter, and they will let you know <laughs> what you should do to make sure you stay healthy and safe. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, thank you for listening to our show. Stay healthy, stay positive out there, y'all. Shout out to all our listeners. Check out our Patreon. Uh, make sure you check it out. Sign up and uh, get all our uh, bonus content, quick hitters, and exclusive conversations. And uh, we will leave you with this. You know, one more thing I want to tell you about Tyson. And remember, this will be good. He got knocked out in Greens County on green grass. On green leaves, on the green trees, on the green grass. What is my last name? Green. My name is last name is Green. It's a sign, it's an omen. Michelle Sister Tyson, your mind. Homo!
hey, people defend Meek Mill like no other, I guess, you know. Oh. He hanging out, he got Robert Kraft backing him, so I'm I'm I can't hey, hey, look, no, no, check check this out. I, I like Meek Mill. I actually like the young man. What he's saying is true. Mm-hmm. But if you're an old man and you ain't know, he's he's basically supposed to be following you. You're not supposed to be following him. Yeah. Yeah, he put these guys put these celebrities, and he's he's not the only one. He, he wasn't the only one. I have I have other friends that do the same thing. But man, yeah, I'm really looking up. I'm lo- looking forward to this young man doing big things. It's just like how the neighborhood followed Nipsey Hussle. He did amazing things. But y'all should have been doing that. That meant that young man wouldn't be dead right now if y'all been doing that 20 years ago. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> you'd have some type of street code. There's some type of G code, that man would still be here. We'd just be building on him. But to celebrate, just to, to idolize, those, those are men that you're idolizing. If y'all believe in Christianity like every black person in the world does, you're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Aaron follow, Aaron follow, used to follow uh, Reverend Cleveland James. He patterned his whole life after him. I did. <laughs> me, yeah. me and little Richard. <laughs> And make love good. I smell good. I feel good. And make love good. Now I understand if you older, you idolize it. Like, like just like you just play James Brown, although that was a no good nigga. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> he was a no good nigga, but the music was so good. You know, he made basically made hip hop beats for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. So he left a stain on our life, but you got to separate those things. And yeah. people just act like uh, celebrities are just, uh, just uh, you know, like they did walk on this earth, like they like Jesus walked on this earth. Black mm-hmm. Jesus walked on this earth to give life. White Jesus walked on this earth to give life to white man and keep their money, keep their pockets fat, mm-hmm. and protect their wi- beautiful white women. For white women, no abortions. <laughs> you abort my child. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. 